Over this past week, we have experienced what is known to many spiritualists across many cultures as the thinning of the veil. Samhain, All Hallows' Eve, Dia Los Muertos, All Souls' Day, all believe that this time of year, it is important to honor our departed loved ones, make offerings, and commune with their spirits. As the light side of the year gives way to the darker months ahead, we mark a time when the veil between the living and the spirit world is most thin. For some, this means the time to communicate is now. Can we communicate with spirits? And if we can, should we? In 1941, a worried military mother seeks out answers regarding the safety of her son. He was a sailor in the British Royal Navy during World War II. Unable to turn to anyone in the military to attest to her son's whereabouts, she sought out information from the beyond. She went to psychic Helen Duncan for answers. A seance was conducted, and the psychic sadly informed the mother that her son had died in the sinking of the battleship HMS Barham. The news was devastating to the sailor's mother, but it also stirred up quite a bit of trouble when two of the seance attendees, both lieutenants in the Royal Navy, detained Helen Duncan. She was tried under the Witchcraft Act of 1735. You see, at the time, the psychic told of the young sailor's fate in the sinking of the Barham. It was not yet public knowledge that the battleship had gone down at all. Helen Duncan claimed to be told this information by spirits from the beyond. And how else would she have known? She was the last person to be tried under the Witchcraft Act of 1735, 206 years after its writing and just 10 short years before its repeal. Welcome to Fright Life, a paranormal podcast. We're your hosts, Monique Rose. <laughs> and Joss Rose. Was it a su- Were you surprised <laughs> that we're recording? You got through it way faster. I was taking a drink of tea. As if you have no idea that you yourself pushed the record button seconds was, earlier. I thought I had more time. <laughs> uh, prepared next time. So this episode is about spirit communication. Uh, we're kind of tying it in a little bit with Halloween, um, Samhain, and the Day of the Dead, mm-hmm. and just sort of this entire time of the year where multiple holidays across multiple cultures celebrate sort of the same idea that, that now's the time that the veil is thin or the worlds between living and dead converge. Yeah. Uh, so I've never taken the time to actually research exactly what that term means okay me neither i mean i've just assumed most of it yeah it's it's sort of implied yeah but i wanted to just be like am i getting that right yeah um so what i found is that the veil is the uh the barrier between the living physical realm and the spirit realm or the afterlife Mm -hmm. right that being said there are and tying it into what you were saying earlier about uh, the Halloween and Day of the Dead and all that being a time when the veil is thinner. Um, so kind of a cool fact about that is that they they say that the veil is thinnest at points where two opposite things meet. So uh, Halloween is based on Samhain. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that right? Yes. Samhain. Um, which is the exact center point between the light season and the dark season. And that was right, the reason Right, on their for the... calendar. Right. Like the old Celtic calendar, the years just split into two. Mm-hmm. And there's the light months and the dark months. And the, the convergence of that right. is when Right where solid. those two meet up. Yeah. That's where the veil is thinnest. Okay. And they also say that the veil is thin in other places where two opposites meet. So like where the ocean meets the land mm-hmm. would also be a place where the, the veil is thinner. Or um, one that I thought was really cool is like uh, meteor crash sites are 
a place where the veil is thin because it's where space meets the earth. It's like those two opposite things colliding. Cool. So, I don't know. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, Ooh, so that would make me wonder, like, if you can create a thinning of the veil. Yeah. To, like, open up that communication. Interesting. Like, there's naturally occurring ways to do it. Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting thought. Like, I don't know. Well, that's getting into, like, rituals and things, Mm -hmm. but... Okay, very cool. So the veil's thin. Right. Let's say. Then what happens? So is the veil just always... The veil's always around. So even if there's, like, a ghost in your house, there's a veil between you, which is why that ghost isn't just plain as day, just looking like a stranger just sitting on in your, your house. Yeah. yeah. Um, or, like, if they're actually trying to speak to you, it comes across as a whisper or, or something only, because there's something that's blocking that communication and that yeah. sight. And that's, what, that's the veil, right? Right. Okay, so it's thinnest during this time of the year, during this last few days this week. Right. Um, so that means it's easier to communicate yeah if this if you were planning to do some sort of like a seance or other uh type of ritual to communicate with the other side this would be the time to do it for sure okay according to that belief right okay interesting but in the paranormal world people try to communicate with that other side like pretty regularly not only during this time right so i mean what are some ways that that can take place um so i mean there are lots of tools out there that we've seen in you know shows like ghost hunters and ghost adventures and stuff like that yeah what that's really cool is watching this like development at first i would see these tools being used on the shows and i'm like what are these things right and who says that they work? Exactly. Like, yeah, it seems a little bit hokey at first when you're watching, like, oh, anybody could be just whispering into their tape recorder as, like... Well, or just, like, the lights blinking and the alarms going off, and you're like, what is this signifying? But oh, when you really right. look at it, they're gauging atmospheric changes based on the beliefs that these spirits create energy or use energy from right. the yeah, atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. And so the best ones are when they're kind of cross-referencing multiple instruments at Mm -hmm. once. So if, like, the temperature suddenly drops five degrees and the EMF detector is going off. Right. And they get an EVP on their voice recorder, you're, like, trying to show, look, this registered that there was an atmospheric change and a temperature in the form of a temperature drop. And the electromagnetic field went from baseline to this number. Yeah. Which usually only happens with an energy surge of some sort. And we got a voice. That's yeah. like, okay, that was a, that's a paranormal experience. Yeah, you're, you're using you're science to, just rec- to right. record that an anomalous event had occurred. Yes. And document that right. for science. Yes. And that's amazing. It's so cool. Is there anything uh, more in-depth that you want to talk about about those devices at all? Like an EMF detector, you mentioned it's an electromagnetic field uh, detector. Mm-hmm. So so basically how that works is you, you try to gauge a baseline because there are different EMF fields depending on kind of where you are. Um, some older houses, maybe with not so great wiring, you'll have yeah. more of a specific, a little so, bit higher EMF. So your baseline could be one instead of zero, but you want to get a baseline for where you're, if you're, you know, researching somewhere, you're um, investigating somewhere. And then when you're conducting your questioning or you're doing any kind of, you know. Sweep of the room. Right. Yeah. You'll watch for spikes. So that's pretty interesting. Um, And the EMF detector is actually not something that's specifically paranormal. That's right. like that's, that's used like a for, right. electrician's tool, right? Right. You know, totally. Which is kind of cool that like you could just go to a hardware store mm-hmm. um, and possibly find something like that to use for your own personal investigations, which is really cool. Yeah, or to make sure your your wiring is solid. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. There's there's a couple of other ones too that I my favorite one to see is the 
think it's called the ALS camera. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what the acronym stands for, but essentially it's like a laser grid that sh that maps out an area and will detect forms appearing. And then on the screen, it draws like a stick figure mm -hmm. on that form. So. See, but that's what. So what is that detecting? Because it will detect a human body. Right. So if you go and stand in front of the camera, you see you there, but also you see that your body's mapped out. Kind mm -hmm. of like when they map out things to do like green screen or like, right. CGI. like CGI. Yeah. So is that just what an ALS camera is? Is the same thing that they use to map out yeah, like for think, CGI and all of that? I mean, I think, I think that's what it is. But they're again, using practical tools in a supernatural type investigation to document these weird occurrences. Okay. And it's always, it's, it's the thing that's compelling about that is that the, the person could be standing there and it would grab onto that person's form and map it out. And you can also see the background shapes happening. And then all of a sudden there would be a mysterious figure. And even sometimes I've seen them interacting or like responding to voice like, hey, go sit on the bed. And then that figure will move over to where the bed is. Oh, and what's kind of cool about when you see those is that it moves almost, it moves really erratically as if it's not actually 100% just in that human form, which right. hypothetically ghosts are not. Yeah. Like they can move as a mist or they can move through things yeah. or they can move. So that's kind of cool. And I'm looking here, and it, it says here that ALS stands for Alternate Light Source. Oh, okay. We'll look more into that. And, you know, write, write into us. Let us know if you have an ALS camera, if you've used it um, for paranormal or non-paranormal practical uh, applications. Yeah, and that'd be cool yeah, we to hear if you have any experiences that with out. that. Yeah, for sure. So another maybe less technologically advanced device that is pretty common is actually just a voice recorder um, and people use those to capture what is called an EVP uh, electronic voice phenomenon I'm sure that if you're listening to this podcast you probably already have some knowledge of what that is or what that means but in case you don't um, it's basically uh, hearing what is presumed to be spirit voices um, on tape or on a recording yeah, and that started with that's something you generally don't hear. You don't hear it um, with your with your ear, ear until you play back the recording because it's hypothesized that spirit voices can be picked up on more easily when there's like a white noise mm -hmm. and two like electronic sound waves. Right. Because they can manipulate. It said they can manipulate those sound waves um, differently than just being able to talk to us. They use the energy and the white noise to kind of manipulate sound. Yeah, it almost like a, amplifies their voice. Right. Yeah. Um, so that, I mean, that's cool, man. I, I love the aspect of scientifically being able to document mm -hmm. something that is... But that one's kind of crazy because if you... Th I've never thought of this before. This is just coming to me now. Oh. Um, and it... Okay. So I don't know if it's a fully formed thought Let's talk yet. it out. Let's but like talk it out. But we have... You know, what do we have different than a ghost? A corporeal form? Yes. And <laughs> in that corporeal form, we have a voice box. Right. Uh, which uses vibration to produce vocal so, sounds. Right. So if they're a spirit... Uh-huh. Without a corporeal form, mm -hmm. they need some. They're kind manipulating of a, that energy to create sound, like a voice box. Yeah, that's amazing. Like the white noise and the actual electronic sound waves, because they can't create sound waves. Right. I mean, that's just me. I mean, because really, if you go off that hypothesis, how do they make any bumps in the night or anything like that? Yeah. So, don't like completely run with me on that idea, but kind of interesting to that's, think about. That's a cool theory, and we should. Uh, kind of research that a little bit and see if maybe that's something that other people have concluded as well. Yeah. You know? Okay. So, yeah, there are a lot of tools uh, to communicate with spirits. Um, 
going on the voice and like the the verbal communication mm -hmm. side of things is also the spirit box, which yeah. is called a few different things, but um, that that one is a little bit newer too. Is that with the radio sweeps? Yeah, that's it's like okay. um, basically a a radio that is programmed to sweep through radio channels yeah. or radio frequencies at a high rate. And so theoretically, they're not staying on one channel at all long enough to get an entire word out on any of the channels. Let alone a full sentence. Right. So the theory is if you have any messages coming through there, it's paranormal. Yeah. It's because like it shouldn't function that way. Another example of using a sound wave and manipulating that into creating a message that's right. audible. And there's been some pretty compelling evidence collected with the spirit box too where it's like direct answers to questions so that's the one that freaks me out the most on these shows and it's because probably some of my sensory issues um they give me really bad anxiety yeah uh, i am very sensitive to sound and that one makes the hair on my arm stand up and it gives it's like just grating to have that like ch -ch 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 constant yeah. flipping through the channels. And so I think if we were going to investigate and use a spirit box, I would be, you'd have to like be right next to me holding my hand or something. Yeah. Cause I'd get amped up based solely on that energy mm -hmm. because it's something that causes me anxiety. You know, that might be something that is beneficial too, because you know, a lot of people say that, uh, spirits or entities or things like that. They also feed on uh, our emotions and our yeah. our vibes. So. Oh, so I'll be the... Your bait. <laughs> <laughs> That's rude. Sorry. You're but just going to throw necessary. me out there to the... Okay. I'm not going to leave you there. Okay. We'll, we'll stick close by, but we can use your anxiety to fuel some of those experiences, maybe. Rude. Uh, <laughs> so we can go even lower tech if you want to talk about spirit communication. I want to talk about a Ouija board. I don't. You don't? <laughs> not into the Ouija board. I don't... I'm not um, specifically very fond of the Ouija board. I think yeah. that it's creepy and we will never ever have one in our house. Right, so that's why I don't... I mean, obviously we'll talk about it. I just don't love the idea at all. Did you hear that? Not the car, there was a click over. Okay, so this is one of the things that happened last weekend when we were recording what was supposed to be the Halloween special, is we were getting a lot of noise inside our empty apartment. Yeah, uh, clicks so and knocks and stuff. Yeah. Not the traffic outside, that we're used to. It was interesting, too, because we were talking a little bit about Ouija boards last. We were. No, don't say that. That's it was right at the same that, time. Now you can't go to bed tonight. Well, um, we'll just... Ugh. Okay. So Ouija boards have their own lore along with them, and so that's something that freaks me out. Because people also use them irresponsibly and are not conducting... It feels like they're just opening things up to a lot more possibilities right yeah there's if you are not I mean everybody knows what a Ouija board is but if you don't know specifically um, the Ouija board comes with some rules uh, and it's kind of about opening a doorway or a portal mm -hmm. which we can talk a little bit more about in a minute um, and using that to communicate with the other side but then there's also steps that you need to take to close that portal or window but even so you don't know what you're inviting in. With like a general seance and stuff like that, you usually are trying to talk to one specific person yeah. or, and sometimes the spirit board is just too open-ended for people. They just do it to see what, what's up. I think I've only used a spirit board once and it was at a birthday party. Oh yeah. And we just kind of made our own little letters and it didn't really go anywhere at all. Yeah. And then we burned it. We were all giggly and squealy like 12-year-old you know, girls <laughs> right. do. Yeah. And then uh, 
burned it in the yard because we were like little witches. Yeah. Anyway. Um, My mom has a story about something kind of similar to that with a Ouija board where she, uh, in Scotland, um, her, her and her sister had made a Ouija board out of scraps of paper and a shot glass. And as they were doing their, their questioning and stuff, uh, she said that the little pieces of paper kept jumping up and sticking to their shirts. And they had to like peel it off and put it back where it goes. What? Um, so I also have a little bit of a Ouija board experience. Our mutual friend, Curtis. Um, okay. So I, let's see, I was probably middle school at this point. And uh, all of us dudes had our, I want to say, slumber party? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's the right... It's a, it's a camp, camp out. Camp in? I don't know. Well, whatever, so, whatever makes you feel better. <laughs> we're a bunch of dudes. We had sleeping bags. We crashed at Curtis's house. Okay. It was a slumber party. <laughs> it, was, um, it was like 100% a slumber party. <laughs> there was pizza. Yeah. And hair braiding. What? And, I mean... Anyway. Video games. Video games, <laughs> yes. Okay, that's what you meant to say. 1080 on the Nintendo 64. So on this particular sleepover, um, we, party. <laughs> uh, the conversation at some point had turned to uh, Ouija boards and ghost communication and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it turned out that Curtis had a Ouija board up in his closet. Okay, so that is interesting is it well only to me <laughs> just because okay. he definitely made fun of me all the time for being a little bit witchy okay there was just another knock there's another one did you hear it no i was talking over in the same area that the first knock happened tonight and they started happening last time the candle's going insane i have chills and I had just seen a tiny silver thing in the above you, over by the door. Oh, great. Like I saw last time. Like the tiny silver aura, like when I get a migraine. Right. But last time we tried this, I saw it and all these noises were happening. Weird. I'm like, but I'm kind of like nervous. Except, you know what? We were talking about Kurt last time, too. Yeah. I wonder if it's... But I'm actually in like a weird fight or flight mode right now. Usually I don't get like this when... There's, there's a cold spot happening right here. Okay. Right next to me. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah. Curtis, if you're here, if you're hanging out with us. I mean, that's cool. That's awesome, man. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, There's a microphone. You say hi. Gosh, that would be cool. That would be cool. We miss you, man. Um, our friend Curtis passed away, uh, Oh, yeah, I guess we didn't see Like that. a long time ago. Yeah. Um, in oh. a bit of a hiking accident. Yeah. But anyway. Well, um, we loved him. We were both friends of his mutually, and Joss and I actually did not know each other yet. Yet. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, so he did make fun of me quite a lot for being kind of witchy. Mm-hmm. He would, like, love it, but then also be like, you're ridiculous. Um, so that's just interesting that he's the one with the Ouija board yeah. in this well, story. So it, I, maybe it was I his brothers. It. Maybe. Yeah, it could have been his brothers. But okay. anyway, so it is a crisp fall night. I'm sure it was getting close to Halloween. That's what brought on the conversation. We're all in Curtis's house, uh, in his bedroom, um, kind of gearing down for crashing for the night. The slumber part of the slumber party? This is the slumber portion of... (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, And so we set it up. All the lights go out on purpose. We turned them out. It wasn't like a (laughs) paranormal thing. Um, And we set up this board. And I think there was probably five or six of us there. And we're asking questions. And we're not really getting any responses from the board. The planchette, uh, which is the like little arrow thing that moves to the letters on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't really moving. And so we, we decided to do like just a little test thing, just to say, hey, you know, if anybody's out there, can you prove to us that you're with us, that mm-hmm. you're here? Tell us the name of the CD that's on the top of this 
CD carrier case. Mm -hmm. And the planchette starts to move. And we get the letters F and O, and then it stops. And so we open up the case. The, the CD that's on top was Weezer or something like that. It was not the correct thing. But then Jerry goes, wait, but what's the first CD in the case? And you know how it has like the accordion kind of uh, thing where you put your CDs in the slots to protect them? Foo Fighters was what? the first one. Yeah. F-O-O. -O. Right. That's crazy. So we freak out. This is the coolest thing that's ever happened. And uh, we're trying to prod for more activity. We're asking it more questions. What's your name? What's my birthday? Anything that we can think of to try and get a reaction. And mm -hmm. then we start going, well, this is dumb. There's nobody here. That was just one of us messing around. Whoever asked the question probably looked in the CD case first, you know. Mm -hmm. We're getting kind of, kind of burnt out on the subject. And right as we're about to close up the board, uh, Curtis's bedroom curtains fly off the wall and clatter to the floor. Oh my gosh. And these are not just hung up on the wall willy-nilly. These are curtains that are uh, on a curtain rod and they have the little hooks, you know? So like, in order to remove these curtains from the wall, they would have to be lifted up and out. Yikes. And they didn't just like fall. Like It was okay. like in the center of the room is where they landed. So I don't mess with Ouija boards anymore. Yeah. After that. No, that, I wouldn't. That was something that changed my whole, like this, this is real, absolutely real. And I think that we just That is had so to, crazy. Whatever we were talking to was getting fed up with us and just wanted us to, to leave it alone Stop at asking that point. dumb 12-year-old boy questions. That's right, yeah. They're like, I don't have time for this from the afterlife. Right. Here's some curtains. <laughs> <laughs> you shut, you shut up now. That is so crazy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to make of that other than it was terrifying and uh, we will never have a Ouija board in our house ever because I don't want to mess with that. And also, I don't recall doing the uh, closing incantation or the closing... Oh, you for sure did not. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Curtis's mom's house is probably super haunted now because we just left that portal open. So it's just filtering in. Crazy. It's just a line to get in now. Goes around the block. Of ghosts <laughs> right. okay. coming in okay. to the house. Yeah. Just open door. <laughs> that is so cool. I did not have anything definitive like that at all happen with mine, but I will not mess with that that way of communication. Yeah. That's I'm not doing it. It's not so good. One other form of communication that you don't really need any instrument for, technically, <laughs> uh, is well, I mean, depending on if you are the person or if you're seeking out the person it's the form i mentioned in the intro story and that is if you're talking to a medium or if you are a medium then you're just tapped in yeah to that world that can be a little sketch too just because some people kind of composes that easily but you can usually spot the frauds out pretty quickly yeah so there's i feel like there's a couple of different um types of mediums they're probably you... all individual in their own yeah they i guess way. that's true it seems like they all have kind of their own way of communicating with yeah. the other side but receiving the messages we have a few a, a few friends that are sort of sensitive psychically uh or able to communicate with the other side and it comes in uh like just flat out sight like um we have one friend who can see straight out like they were in our apartment uh, at a party and she was like, oh, oh hey, yeah. do, you, do you know that there's a lady standing right there yeah. in this room? Right. Um, yeah, no, we won't call her out because um, she does keep that pretty private, but yeah, she just sees things. Yeah. Um, visually. Just straight up. Yeah. I can't even imagine. But then there's, you know, our other friend who I don't, I can't even explain how his... Well, we haven't works, really asked specifically how. It just seems like he receives information. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, on a totally separate occasion, uh, we had him over for dinner, and he also mentioned a female presence in our apartment. That an, just, old, an old lady. An elderly lady. Yeah. Yeah, two mediums who do not know each other and had not heard of one another 
mentioned this lady to us uh, in a few weeks of time span. They were both yeah. here for different reasons at different times, and they both mentioned them. So uh, her. So that was kind of cool. Um, historically, this building was owned by Inez. She ran the general store downstairs. She mm -hmm. lived up here on the top floor, and that was her life. Uh, so, and we, I don't remember coming to see her, but my uh, family, my cousin's grandparents live a block away, and they remember coming here and getting candy um, at the little store. I yeah. probably did that too. Um, and a lot of people from the community remember her. So she is like a beloved figure in our community. Mm -hmm. So, um, and both of the mediums who saw her and felt her presence said that she's kind of just an imprint in here, just closing windows, closing doors, securing the place. And yeah. so that's always been fine with us. There's never been an issue. Um, yeah, we've never felt a negative no. energy at so, all. So that's been really cool to hear that, that she's just kind of here in her space um, and we're taking great care of it, so hopefully she's appreciative yeah, of she, that. Yeah, she probably likes us a lot. Yeah, and I have gone to see a medium specifically to get, to receive messages. Yeah. To receive, a, to have a meeting. And... Isn't there a story that is kind of behind, like, prompting yes. you to so, do that? It obviously lines up with all of my beliefs that I just would see a medium anyway, right. but I'm, I kind of do a lot of intuition and, you know, dreams and intuitive things on my own, so I never really, like, you'd think I, pro I have one on, like, retainer, because yeah. <laughs> um, some people do, really, yeah, sure. just, like, psychologists and, you know, some people have their... I'm gonna go get a tan later yeah, and then go they see have my their... psychic. Right. Totally fine. Um, I don't which may be surprising. Um, but really, I'm kind of linked into just knowing myself, and so I don't really, I haven't had a need to seek that out to get any answers or spirit guides or anything like that until I received some interesting messages from people here on this plane of the living um, that were just too coincidental for my comfort. <laughs> so I arrive at work one day, and one of my employees, who's much younger than me, um, and I wasn't really close with at the time for no reason just we hadn't gotten to know each other very well yet um as adults I did care for her a little bit when she was younger um she was one of my students and now she works for me as a preschool teacher um and she was like um I have to tell you something and she was all nervous I was like what just tell me she's like my friend had a dream about you and I was like what what friend do I know your friend and she's like no and she was kind of trying not to tell me this story. And she's like, no, I just know it's you. She told me that she had a dream about you and that someone, like an older lady, like your grandma or something, is trying to tell you something. And you have to listen. And I was like, um, what? <laughs> okay. She was like, I didn't want to tell you because I didn't want you to think that we were weird or whatever. And I was like, no, don't worry. Listen, <laughs> you don't even you know the half of it. <laughs> um, but my grandma had just passed away not that long before that. And so I thought that was great, except there seemed to be some urgency with it, which worried me. But I shook it off a little bit and I was just kind of pondering things and kind of trying to open up a little bit to, you know, maybe my grandma could tell me something directly mm -hmm. or I'd pick up some sort of a message. So later... I think it was the next day, I receive a message from another intuitive person, a member of my family who won't come out and just say she's a medium, but is definitely spot on about all of her messages <laughs> all the time. She text messaged me saying, like, this big long message of concern, hope you're well, I do need to tell you, your mom is trying to talk to you. Through me. Whoa. So my mom, um, if you don't know, my mom is also passed away. And so I was like, no way did you just say that. So now I have the two women who raised me, because um, I lived with my grandparents most of my childhood. So my grandparents raised me and my mom together, and some of my aunts. We all are really big, like, takes a village kind of family yeah. for sure. They are all my village, but... Um, my parents, I definitely looked to my grandparents as parents as well. And they have all um, passed on. So it was very interesting that some random girl, who I don't actually know, had a dream about me. Right. And in that dream, an older 
mother, grandmother figure is trying to tell me something important. And then my family member says, your mom's spirit is very persistent. She's trying to tell you something and find out if you're okay. And so then I'm worried because yeah. it's, it's very related to like, are you okay? Both of these things. Right. Or they need your, you need to know this or you, you know. So that freaked me out a lot. And then I was nervous and then I'm like, well, is this a self-fulfilling prophecy where now I'm not okay because they were questioning yeah, if right. I'm okay? Um, because I like to make sure that I'm not, that I'm freaking kinda, yourself out. Yeah. Yeah. So I call, I message our friend who is a medium and works as a medium. Mm -hmm. um, and we set up a meeting and he definitely in his reading was spot on with everything. And we know him casually, yeah. um, nothing too in depth, but we are acquaintances and, and friend, I would say friends. Um, but you know, we've only actually hung out a few times mm -hmm. here and there. Um, but he's this great guy, and he gave some messages that were definitely not just the, like, surface level that... Can't pick that out of, like, what's happening on your face. Kind right. Of thing. And that's what a lot of people who try to debunk mediums mm -hmm. say, is that, well, if you're going to say, ooh, you know, in a crowd of a hundred, someone here has had a father figure pass away. There's a name that starts with an R. Right. Like, that's just going to be general stuff. And, oh, your father you know, misses you very much and is proud of who you've become. Like, okay, well, those are things where you can kind of just say that about most right. situations. No, this was very nuanced stuff. We couldn't, and he was very honest with me. He's like, I don't pick up a specific worry from them right now. And so, you know, maybe he just didn't get it or maybe I had corrected it since then or, you know, kind yeah. of figured it out on my own. But it was a really great experience. It was overwhelming. It's recorded, so I have to figure out where I even put that and go back and listen to it. Hopefully it's not on my old phone. Yeah. But I feel like now I would do it again. Yeah, we um, should call him. Yeah, just Set like... Set it up. Every once in a while, I'll do... Have He's a, probably going to listen to this. Have a reading. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I hope so. Anyway, it was a really great experience, and that is one way to communicate with the other side. If you are lucky enough to have access to and know someone... Um, who can, who's talented enough to do that, who's in tune enough or gifted yeah. to be in tune with the other side and I be can't able even to imagine. share messages. I, was, I think about that kind of stuff often. Like There are certain things that people experience that there's no way to articulate that experience. So right. like you couldn't ask, well, I'm, maybe you could, but it's, like, it's hard to explain like, how does that knowledge get from the ether into this person's like, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, and like, that's where their uniqueness comes in. And yeah. maybe we can even have him on the show and he can explain a little bit if yeah. he likes to. I don't know. Some mediums I hear share what they see and how mm -hmm. they articulate it. Um, so we'll have to talk to him about that. That would be interesting. Um, I have another way that I've communicated once with my mom. Oh yeah. And it's non-verbal communication, but it, it really tracks, and so I'm gonna share that story real quickly. If you don't, yeah, no, mind. I think I think we should absolutely talk about that and sort of preface it with just because you're not getting specific, like worded message through audio recording or mm -hmm. something, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's not like an an intelligent communique to you, right? You so I mean? okay, yes, and this story has a really cool setup. So my mom had cancer, so she had a long illness, which was horrible and devastating. But sometimes we could be a little playful if she was, you know, feeling well. And she was getting worried, and I was like reminding her basically that I fully believe in the in the supernatural. She was right. Christian; she believed in an afterlife. So I kind of, with that intention, was like trying to remind that remind her of that and I was like you have to just come back and talk to me yeah and let me know like what all happens like I need to know this for yeah. my research <laughs> and I was trying to kind of be silly about it and she was like no I wouldn't do that and I was like what do you mean you wouldn't do that and she was laughing and she was like well I wouldn't want to scare you and I was like okay well then don't scare me and she was like okay I just think that it would be scary instead of like cool I yeah. don't want to just pop in and scare you and I was like, well, we don't know how it works. I'm just saying, like, figure it out and then come let me know. 
She's like, well, I would... She really thought about it, and I wasn't thinking that she would actually ponder this. Yeah. Usually she would just kind of laugh and go, you're stupid. Yeah. And then we would laugh, and it would be done. But she actually was quiet for a minute, and then she was like, well, I'd have to think of a way to do it so that it wasn't scary and didn't freak you out, but that you would know it's me. Right. And I was like, okay, well, let me know. <laughs> and then... Um, you know, a few months later she passed away and months and months had gone by after she passed and I was getting kind of grumpy, a little salty that I hadn't heard from my mom. Um, you said you would call. Yeah, I mean, it sounds kind of ridiculous, but I just was hoping to feel more of a connection. Mm -hmm. I hadn't even dreamt about her. And I don't know if it was like self-preservation and I was being a little closed off. Yeah. Because both of my sisters actually experienced the same thing. They told me that, you know, I haven't even had a dream about mom. It's really bugging me. Um, and so we all kind of felt that way. And then one night, I had put Olivia to bed. Joss was at band practice, I think. Um, it was about 9 o'clock at night. And I was just cleaning up the house. And I was getting ready to, I think, take a shower or something mm -hmm. and get ready for bed. Um, it was a perfectly nice night. Nothing weirdsies was going on. I hadn't been trying to have a seance. Uh, no Ouija board action. None of that. And I just walked into the bathroom, and I was hit by this wall of the scent of my mom's perfume. But it was a lot. And it was, you know, 9 o'clock at night in our own private apartment. No one had been here. And so... That was strange. What's crazy though is the overwhelming feeling that I just knew. Like I walked in, I stopped two feet in the door mm -hmm. and just said, mom, and just sat down and I was, tears were streaming down my face and I just felt warm and comfortable. Wow. And it was like undeniably her. Yeah. It wasn't like, ooh, I'm at the grocery store and I caught a whiff of her perfume and anyone could have walked past. Sure. It wasn't, it was just filling the room. Like, it was just everywhere. And I just sat there because I didn't want to leave. Right. But I was still stunned, so I didn't even really try to talk to her that much. But what's, what I went back to right when it happened is she had told me, I'm going to find a way to come see you. Yeah. And so that you know I'm there, a way that, you know, but I'll find a way that won't be scary yeah and that's the only way to immediately identify like earlier we heard a knock and mm -hmm. i was like that'd be cool if it was my mom but my question has to be if you're my mom do that again yeah and then if she doesn't do it again who the hell's what in our house was that? yeah, yeah. <laughs> like so i get it like she you know if you hear a whisper in the night or you know a mist yeah you don't immediately know that that's her yeah but what immediately identifies her her scent her perfume totally like her signature scent that she always would wear. That's the coolest so, ever. I sat there for like two hours. Yeah. I, I called think. my sister and I was like, mom is here. A hundred percent. No doubt. I didn't even budge from the bathroom because I just wanted to be in her presence. Yeah. I mean, she probably would have moved with me. Right. <laughs> but I didn't know. I don't know. So I yeah. just froze. And then Joss got home and I heard him come through the door. I was sitting on the floor in the bathroom. And so I stood up. And he walked in and I said, wait, 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 before you come through the door, hold on a second. What does it smell like in here? And he walked in and he was like, whoa, it smells like your mom. He immediately knew what I was talking about. Yeah. I Two hours that. later. Yeah, it was crazy. That's we, how strong the scent, the scent was. And I think we even hung out in the bathroom for a, yeah, a while longer. Think, and then, because I didn't take a shower yet. So then yeah. I was like, here, stay in here and talk to me while I take a shower. Yeah. And kind of calm down from this experience. Right. Um, so that was really cool. And that was, you know, my the nonverbal communication, but kind of that connection to the other side. Yeah. But specifically my mom. And that was kind of that only well, and that's, visit that that's I know kind of about. A, to tie it all back to the, you know, the beginning of our episode here, talking about the, the different tools that we have mm -hmm. to investigate and communicate. Um, I mean, the human body, while it doesn't exactly have like a display readout where you can, you know, print out your, your measurements that you've just received, um, you know, things like your hair standing up on your arms, right. you know, like, or that flight or fight or flight kicking mm -hmm. in when there's nothing happening, you know, right. your, your body is physically reacting to something and 
at the same time, if you can get, you know, spikes on your uh, EMF detector and an EVP all at the same time, I mean, that's just one more level of sort of corroborating that, that event, you know? I think it's like super cool. I used to not like when on the ghost shows and things they would say, come up and touch my arm or, mm -hmm. you know, because I'm like, how are you going to show that on the show? Right. But like I said earlier, they're trying to get it across multiple instruments, but also that firsthand experience is so palpable sometimes yeah. that to gauge their reaction, you know, and then that way they know something's there yeah. and can kind of cross-reference with the other tools is cool. But yeah, that feeling of like my ears always go like hard of hearing, mm -hmm. like echoey and, and plugged. Yeah. Um, I also hear like high-pitched ringing mm -hmm. when there's something going on. When I'm in like a high-stress scenario or when we're doing investigations yeah. or there's something paranormal happening. Um, you can that. kind of feel that shift into that mode where you're like, oh, my ears are doing that thing. It's like an, I can pick up on like atmospheric pressure changes. Yeah. My body is also sensitive to that in like weather changes and things like that. That's I true. hate it. Yeah. Like the first day it rains or there's like a thunderstorm type of pressure in the yeah, air. I have to take like tell. five showers because yeah. I feel really itchy and like stressed out. It's yep. so weird. Um, but anyway, th that just means my body is sensitive to those atmospheric shifts, mm -hmm. which are what some of the instruments are trying to pick up. Right. Um, obviously they just aren't, I can't really record it besides my own firsthand yeah. experience of how I feel. Um, but yeah, it's super cool. Lots of different types of communication. Just like all in the living realm, we have various ways we communicate, you know? Yeah, that, you know, that's totally true. Uh, verbal, nonverbal, there's body language, mm -hmm. you know, different tones. Yeah, that's... Still exists kind of that way. And we have different ways we communicate, you know, over the phone, in person. Right, exactly right. So cool. and. I think one of the next big steps that we're going to take here uh, is to grab some of these uh, technical devices and, and start putting them to use. You yeah, know? keep listening for sure because that's our next step. We're, yeah. we're going to order some things and that way we can use them and maybe start doing some live shows. Mm -hmm. It's going to be cool. We'll actually be awesome. investigating. We'll have to leave our house for that because <laughs> I don't want to investigate here. We kind of ask open-ended when we see when we hear little creaks and things, yeah. but I don't want to do a full-on investigation here just because I don't want to open any doors specifically. Yeah, this is our safe space. <laughs> yeah. So now um, we're getting on in the episode. It's probably time to think about wrapping it up. Um, do you want to do For a Fright? Mm -hmm. So uh, this week's For a Fright uh, is a show that we just finished, season one, um, literally before we, <laughs> just before we started recording. Yeah, we had to finish the episode before <laughs> we got to the, around to the podcast. Um, this is a Amazon Prime original series called Truth, Truth Seekers. Seekers. So dang good. I love it. Um, it is... The creators are Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, who we love in a lot of different things. Everything um, they do. Shaun of the Dead is one of the ones that most people will probably know. Um, but yeah, it is a comedy horror. Yeah. Supernatural comedy. Um, but it has some serious turns and some really great storyline. Yeah, it's good. Just got... like fun, and but intriguing and mm -hmm. kind of spooky at the same time. Uh, the episodes are short. They're 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, and there's only eight of them. Uh, this series just started. So, you know, you can't go binge crazy on it just yet. Yeah. Um, but, but it's definitely worth watching that first season and, like, getting yeah. hyped for the next one. Yeah, it's about um, some... This little team... Of people. Yeah, a little, little paranormal investigation group. Yeah, and they kind of, I mean, they start it kind of like haphazardly, like, oh, this is what we're doing now. Right. Um, and it's really cool. And they have like kind of a YouTube, or they, yeah, like a yeah, YouTube, YouTube channel. channel. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really adorable. My favorite character is Elton John. Yeah. Who's <laughs> <laughs> not who you think it is. Um, and he's just really sweet. Uh, yeah, he's great. And... Uh, what starts as a 
little cute little paranormal investigation show, they start to uncover some mysterious things and it branches out into this massive story that's just so freaking cool. Yeah. Um, so it's got cool, spooky effects, like uh, special effects, and it's mm -hmm. really well put together in the uh, comedic timing of Nick Frost and Simon Pegg is always just so spot on. Yeah. Um, so and even... sometimes it's really subtle and just cute and like little dad jokey. Yeah. Um, but we love that. It's definitely its own vibe. Um, but I'm glad we stumbled upon it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you guys should tune into that on Amazon. Amazon Prime, Prime. video. Mm -hmm. And we highly recommend it. Five out of five on the spooky <laughs> meter. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> when you want some spooky fun. Yeah. So uh, next time we'll do something a little creepier for like the, the little, fright factor. Yeah, but that's cool. This is spooky fun. It's really cute. Um, but has a lot of the investigative mm -hmm. part of it that we're kind of trying to get into. So that's kind of cool too. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so we hope you have had a frightful time with us here on Fright Life, a paranormal podcast. Don't forget to shoot us a message with your spooky stories. If you have any, you can email us at frightlifeparanormal at gmail.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook at Fright Life Paranormal. Reach out, send us a message. We'd love to talk to you. Yes, send those in. We're going to start sharing those on the show. Mm -hmm. um, next time we've we got will, a little collection going yes so. we'll read some stories um people can also uh dm us about possibly you know sending audio files of mm -hmm. your of you reading them and we'll kind of edit those in with us or um we'll try to find a really covid friendly way to have people on the show um for the future episodes yeah perfect all right thanks for listening see you next time <laughs>